Hey, BBK family, it is your girl, Juju, CEO and founder of the Black and Brown Connection, and you are tuned into our first episode of Motivational Monday. When BBK was started in 2019, we created an Instagram page with the intention of it being a safe space for Black and Brown college and postgraduates. Within that same year, we began a series, which is now called Motivational Monday, to highlight different black and brown college students and postgraduates. We asked them where they went to school, where they graduated, um, what the field of career was, and we even asked them about their recent struggles and biggest accomplishments. For our community, each college journey and postgrad journey was different from each other, and that is what we needed. Journeys that did not look like the next person. I'm happy to bring a series that was on Instagram into the podcast world where we get a chance to sit down and have a conversation with our Motivational Mondays. Each Monday uh, will be a different person um, with the same questions, but we all know that will come with different responses. For our first ever guest, I have my LS here, my sister. Um, I was her tour guide when she came to East Shadsburg University. Gendy, how are you doing today? Hello, Juju. I'm good. How are you? Hey, BBK fam. Happy New Year. We survived in 2022. <laughs> yes, yes. Thank you so much for being here today. Um, definitely we're in 2022. Um, it's like the years just keep going by. And it's like, yeah, we know the years keep continue continue on, but it's just like we're really here in 2022. Yeah, it's definitely different because of just how hard these past couple years have been but we made it and thank you for having me i am just so proud of you and shout out to bbk for being in the podcast world now you are doing such a great job connecting black and brown students both currently in school and post-grad we definitely needed this safe space so kudos to you for continuing to thrive in your purpose and i'm just so proud of you Oh, thank you so much. Like, listen, if y'all have a conversation with Gertie, like you are going to be like, I needed that. So like, she's always a great person. And I'm just, and that's, and to have our first podcast and our first person, it's just like, this is going to get a set, going to set a great foundation for us for this new journey. Yep. Setting the tone. Exactly. So mamas, let us know where you're from. Okay, so I am originally from Jersey City, New Jersey, but I currently live in East Jersey, PA, which is also known as the Poconos, and I am first-generation Kenyan in this nation, so I'm originally from Kenya as well. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And where did you go to school, and what did you study? So my first year of school, I went to Bloomsburg University as a music education major, I was only there for a year and then I transferred out and came home and went to a community college called Northampton Community College, changed my major to psychology and was there for two years. And then I transferred out to East Jalbert University in January of 2016 and then graduated with my bachelor's of science in psychology from that university in 2017. And then I also went took a gap year and then went back for my master's at East Jalbert University in 2018 and graduated with my master's of science in management and leadership in public administration. 
Yo, girl, you went through it. You oh, yeah. literally went through it. <laughs> but how how did it feel to like start at Bloomsburg and then, you know, go through the in-between and end at East Johnsburg University? Like take us through that journey of what it was like to just be at one college and then, you know, take a gap year, stop, go mm-hmm. to another college and then like continue on somewhere um, in another place. No problem. So when I went to Bloomsburg, even before I went, I knew I wanted to study music because I am also an independent singer and songwriter. So I'm like, if I study music, I'll know more things that I didn't necessarily know before. And when I went, it was a whole different ballpark, like music theory classes and all these different people that were in my major had played instruments since they were kids and my instrument was my voice. So I didn't do as well as I thought I would. And then it was hard to get a job as a freshman on campus. And it was just hard to be mobile anywhere. So I made the decision to come back home. But I did not want to go to East Jalesburg University at first because I lived here. So I really wasn't trying to be, you know, 20 minutes away, knowing that my father was going to be like, well, since you're home, you don't necessarily have to stay on campus. And I wanted the full college experience. So he made me choose. He was like, it's either you go to ESU or you go to the community college. So I chose to go to the community college because I was working at the outlets and I was working at Dairy Queen at the time. So Forever 21 and Dairy Queen while work while, you know, going taking classes at the community college. And I changed my major to psychology because the community college did not have a music program. And I was trying to figure out, okay, what else was I interested in? And I always did well in psychology courses in high school because I just loved knowing why people were the way they were and how their minds worked. So I did a lot of my core classes or my electives, if you will, at the community college and some psychology courses. And then I was anticipating on getting an associate's degree and then going to get my bachelor's. But then the college started changing up when certain classes were available. So I just decided to transfer out and just get my bachelor's degree because it was clear that I wasn't going to get that associate's degree in two years because of how they were changing Mm -hmm. the classes availability. So when I transferred to ESU, I was still a psych major. And because I got a lot of my electives done and a lot of psych classes done, it was easy to graduate in 2017. But it was hard because I was originally supposed to graduate in 2016. So watching my friends from high school graduate from college and going straight into their careers was definitely discouraging because here I am trying to make sure I will still have financial aid and just trying to get my life together. But in the end, looking back at it, I'm grateful for that journey because it just showed if you if a place is not for you, God is literally going to take you out and put you where you need to be. So I'm grateful. And that's, and for you to have that mindset at the end, like be this grateful, and you know, it's hard for a lot of us to have it in the mindset when things are changing, especially when you, you know, it's like you go into college with this one major and then things begin to switch and you're trying to pivot along the way mm-hmm. to kind of still end up, you know, in your, your dream field or, or that dream career. Mm-hmm. Um, so even though, while you was um, in the Shaftesbury University in Northampton and you were not in that music major, how did you continue to have music in your life? I started professionally recording music when I first came back home. So that was 2013. Um, And I started working with 
other local acts, like some friends of mine that were also like, you know, they had their studio equipment or some other musicians that they might have met, like that were from Jersey or New York. So I would literally go to class, go to work and then go to a studio session and be coming home really late at night doing my homework in the studio sessions or doing my homework right before class. Because, you know, it's easier to do your homework right before class in undergrad, right? Yeah. So I just always made a point to be seen, be heard, record with people that I meshed with. It was hard, but I was so determined to just really make a name for myself and to really take my craft seriously because I love the gift that I have. So I made it work. It, it was it was very tiresome. But, you know, even booking shows and going to the city on a weekday, knowing that I had a test the next day and studying on the way there and back and from, mm-hmm. it was a lot. So I incorporated music back into my life by taking my career seriously and professionally recording. Okay. And I want to kind of go back a little bit Mm -hmm. and I want to talk about what made you want to go to college. So being first generation in this country, no matter where you're from, I feel like our parents always instill that education is key and educational freedom is something that nobody can take away from you. So it was instilled in me since I was younger that I was going to college. I didn't know for what I was going to go to college for, but I knew I was going to go because my parents just made it a point to always let us know that educational and financial freedom are the way to not even true happiness, but just being free and not having people try to tell you or try to take anything away from you that you worked hard for. So I've known since I was little. I've known. And... Are you the oldest or the, are you the youngest or are you like uh, an only child? I am the oldest. It is just two of us, me and my brother. So shout out to the older, the old, eldest daughters of the household <laughs> because we need to be compensated a million dollars every month <laughs> for the struggles we go through. <laughs> yes, no facts. Like we definitely need our like our money because if it was for us, what would the household be like? Right. The second you mothers, know. the uh, the counselors for both parents and siblings younger than us, counselors for cousins, those, if your parents can't be reached, they're calling you because you're the oldest and you know where your parents are at all times. Aye. It's a lot. Yes. <laughs> exactly. And as, as two first generation um, Americans in this country, What were those conversations like when it came to education with your brother? Okay, so my brother went to Penn State and got his uh, bachelor's of science in industrial engineering. So again, in my culture, if you did not go to school to be a doctor, lawyer, or engineer, you wasted your time. So for him, he always knew that he wanted to do engineering. Like when I started doing college tours, he was there with me. So mm-hmm. he knew exactly what program he wanted to go to. He knew exactly what major he wanted to be in. I did not know what I wanted to do in college. I just knew I wanted to go. So those conversations started early because I didn't take applying to college seriously or like scholarships and stuff. So I really, mm-hmm. I put the battery in his back to be like, okay, if you know what you want to do, like get these scholarships, apply for them because, you know, some people aren't applying for certain things and you can get it. Right. And really just having him learn from my mistakes. So also in return, he would just be very 
uplifting and reassure me that what I was doing for myself was a good thing and not, you know, letting anyone bully me into doing something or studying a major that I wasn't passionate in. So it's very dope to see, like, as you grow older with your sibling, like how the relationship changes and how support, how, how supportive they are when you are following your dreams. So that was how the conversations went. And that's good to have that person in your back because as, you know, first generation Americans, especially mm-hmm. when our families come from these countries where it's just like, you have to be the engineer, you have to be the lawyer. Mm-hmm. It's it's so hard because you kind of feel like you are in education, but because I'm not in the major you want, you know, you're like, you're fighting against me. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, can you just like, you know, love me and appreciate me where, you know, right. I'm at? You may never know. I might even switch up my major in being right. something you really care about. Right. Um, but what were those conversations like with your parents? Um, can you like take us into those conversations, you know, when you are talking about psychology and then, mm-hmm. then saying from like, okay, I'm going to major in psychology mm-hmm. in my bachelor's and then I'm going to do something kind of completely different in my master's. You know, what was that, those conversations like? Okay. So going into college, my dad, when I kept telling him I wanted to do music education, he kept saying no. He was like, you're not going to school for music. So I was like, all right, fine. I'm not going to college. <laughs> so, you know, my mother's like, can you guys meet a common ground? Because my mother always supported anything that I did. As long as I was passionate about it, she knew I was going to succeed. If I put my mind to it, I'll get it done. So, you know, we compromised and, you know, I said I would go for music education. He's like, okay, whatever. Then when that didn't work out and I came home and said I wanted to do psychology, my mother was okay with that. But she just reminded mm-hmm. me that I would have to go all the way to get my doctorate. And I was like, okay, that's fine. I'll do that because I'm actually interested in this. And she's a mental health nurse practitioner. So there were certain things that she was teaching me that were going on. And my dad is an engineer as well. So he was just like, you're wasting your time doing psych. I'm like, I'm going to do it. Otherwise, I'm not going to college. So <laughs> I would always just say that because just like, you know, I had to stand up for myself and I didn't like people trying to make decisions for me. I've never liked that. So then when it came to my master's program, I actually did not know what I wanted to do. I just knew I had to go back because the jobs in my field weren't paying what they were supposed to be paying. Those who just got their bachelor's degrees, they weren't paying us our work. I'm like, let me go back to school and, you know, pump my price up real quick. So you know, my dad was just always like, you just need to get a, get a full ride because grad school is not cheap and just do something that is safe. So I'm like, you know what? All right, fine. Like, I really don't want to continue doing research. So I decided to go for management and leadership in public administration. Because I'm like, if I ever get into a predicament where I want to change policies in regards to mental health, I know how to write grants. I know how to right. how the system is. Um, but I wasn't passionate about it. I just knew I needed to learn it and I struggled because I wasn't passionate about it because your master's mm-hmm. programs are literally about that major that you're studying. So if you're not passionate yeah. about it, you're going to be miserable. And I was miserable. <laughs> I was miserable. <laughs> yes. And gosh, like, and when we go, do you think that you jumped in too fast to get your master's? Or do you think that it was just the right time for you to go and get it? Uh, I took a gap year. So I would say I don't think I rushed into it. I think because 
I think I just chose the wrong major. I think that's what it is. Yeah. I don't think I rushed into it because I really took a year to like, you know, try to figure out, okay, what kind of jobs are out there? Like what I want to do. And then when I realized there weren't really, really many opportunities where I am at, I was like, let Mm -hmm. me just go back to school and like get more education. So that way I am more well-versed into the real world as far as what I need to do to be financially comfortable to do whatever I want. Right. And then the pandemic happened graduated at the height of the pandemic. So the safe jobs that I was supposed to get were the same jobs that were firing people. So that Mm -hmm. was also very frustrating. Um, So yeah, I wouldn't say I rushed into it. I'll just say I chose the wrong major. I should have just went for something that I was more passionate about because it would have been easier along the way. Got you. Mm -hmm. And what would that major uh, would have been or do you ever think about going back to school to get your master's in something else? I do. But then I'm like, for all that, I might as well just get my doctorate. Because, like, right. I salute people who get two masters in two different things. But I'm like, with how mm-hmm. COVID is right now, and I'm more of an in-person learner, I do not know if I would be able to handle online classes. I'm more of a visual learner. So gotcha. certain things... Like as much as I can like listen to somebody being on the computer too long for me is just over simulation. So I'm not sure. It was overly simulating for me. So I don't yeah. know. Yeah. And knowing what type of learner you are, I mean, that definitely helps in the process because now you know that, you know, you kind of learn from your mistakes of like what you kind of went through the first time around. And now mm-hmm. the, the when you want to go get your doctorate, it's like, okay, I know what type of environment um, that I would want to be in. Right. So talking about doctorates, is there a dream program that you would like to be in? Is there something that you would really like to research? So for a while, I kept looking at music therapy programs, but those programs are between, I think, six and eight years to complete. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that definitely took me aback. Cause I'm just like, ah, oh. This is kind of scary. So (laughs) I was looking at clinical psychology and experimental psychology. And my focus study would be uh, black and brown maternal health. And that topic is just so important to me and dear and near to my heart because so many black and brown women are dying, especially black women are dying, giving birth. And if I could be in a space where I had my own practice and I helped women mentally prepare to becoming mothers and like truly doing that work of healing everything inside physically spiritually and mentally yeah that would be a dream come true so i've literally been researching like different programs and like how i could go about it and um what would be the best program for me to accomplish that so we'll see what happens we will see yes and you know, I think you'll you'll do great because Thank you. you know, for you know, for like when you continue on, you really got care and you know, mm-hmm. as we have in this conversation, you just talking about you wanna be in something that you really care about. Mm-hmm. And you know, when we begin to, you know, think about our bodies and how you really like care about healing, mm-hmm. um, and we'll get into that um in a bit. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, I, I can see you doing that. I can mm-hmm. see you, Thank you know, you. you know, in in that area. Mm-hmm. So, um, 
going back to the word healing, I want you to talk to us about what you have learned about healing Mm -hmm. and, you know, how has that been helping you in your journey and even within your music? Okay. So I learned, so I was in a very bad car accident, December 16th, 2019. And I was falling asleep on the road. I hit a guardrail and my car flipped. And I got out in less than 10 minutes. And our profile, Jeanne, picked me up from where I was. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I you remember I texted the group chat and I was just like, um, I need help. Uh, my car is flipped over. And I know I don't know where I'm at, but I know I'm close to Philly. And mm-hmm. she texted back so quickly. Like, first of all, everybody was up. And that accident happened at four in the morning. <laughs> and so many people were up. And she was like, I'm 35 minutes away. I sent the location and she pulled up on me. So God bless her. But um, as far as healing, I learned in that season of my life, I mm-hmm. was contemplating God's existence. I did not know if he was there. I was going through a lot um, in school and like my tuition wasn't paid for. And the fact that I was even able to continue taking those classes that whole semester without anybody really Mm -hmm. harassing me was God himself. But I'm like, dang God, like I had lost my assistantship. Like there was just a lot happening in my life personally. And I just, I didn't know what to do. And that accident showed me that he was very real. And that's when I started doing the inside work of healing from just everything I was holding in because I was just shocked and in disbelief that I was still alive. Like, yeah. And what I didn't know that is when you go through traumatic experiences, your brain chemically changes. So me contemplating or like even being in disbelief that I was alive, like I literally changed. And then, you know, I went through some other traumatic experiences after that. And, you know, I lost my, you know, we graduated and it was COVID. And then I lost my grandma. And then I had to go to Kenya to bury her at the height of COVID. I had to go. She died, what, July of 2020. And the funeral was in Kenya in August of 2020. And I hadn't been to Kenya in 23 years. Mm -hmm. So me going and really being on my ancestral land, like it really reconnected me to who I am because I feel like also as first generation Americans here like sometimes I don't know about you but I always went through uh what is it identity crisis I'm like okay like I know where I come from so it's like yes you're black but like you know where you come from then because I don't necessarily speak my native tongues oh well you're not Kenyan enough like you were born here so you're a citizen I'm like is it bad that I'm a citizen like I I know who I am I I love who I am so that trip helped me heal because it gave me a sense of who I am and like there's I'm looking at people that look like me I'm literally writing in my journal how I feel about everything so the pandemic slowed me down and really made me figure out okay what do I want to make myself happy what do I need to make myself happy who does not need to be in my life right now that is not making me happy, right? Mm-hmm. So when it comes to healing, I was in a very uncomfortable space. Like healing is very uncomfortable. It's not pretty. I cried a lot. <laughs> like not getting a job at first when you first graduate is frustrating because you literally go back to school to, you know, put yourself in a position to get a better paying job and people were not hiring and it was rough. Mm-hmm. And, you know, 
as much as you're changing on the inside and when your surroundings don't change, you feel stuck. So as far as putting the healing in my music, I really allowed myself to just put it all out there. And usually I don't like when people see me vulnerable and they're not my people. But I realized in order for me to fully heal, I have to fully let go of everything. So it was a lot of praying, a lot of, you know, watching sermons. You know, we watched Transformation Church together. Um, A lot of writing and a lot of being outside in the sun and just being free. So I was doing a lot of, I guess you could say shadow work and just allowing myself to feel. Because since Mm -hmm. I wasn't busy, I didn't have any distractions. So that way I wouldn't feel anything. Now I have all this time. I have no choice but to feel everything to heal. And in order to heal, you have to deal with those feelings. So it was a lot of work, a lot of work. And I'm still actively healing now. And I think the first step of healing is admitting to when you're hurt and when Mm -hmm. things are not right. Like, you know, you know when you need to talk to someone, you know when you need to take a step back and figure yourself out. So for me, music has always been an outlet to let those feelings go. And, you know, before I used to be very shysty and somebody hurts my feelings, it's in that song. (laughs) It is in that song. Like, it is what it is. Like, it is what it is. But with this specific project, I called it Visions of Healing because when I was going through the rough patch I was going through, I literally would vision, like have visions of myself being in a healed space. And that's what pushed mm-hmm. me through because I was, I was at the lowest point of my life at that point. And I knew like, if I could just sing through it and like really write about these situations that are happening, that it can help somebody else. And it's also right. being that vulnerable because you're like, wow, I'm about to share this with the world. I don't know if I'm ready, but once it's out there, it's no longer mine. It's everybody else's. Right. And I always want to make sure the kind of frequencies that are in my songs or the kind of lyrics that are in my songs come from a place of reflection and not a place of dwelling, because that's also a big thing, too. Like you talk about these things, but not like, oh, my God, I can't believe this happened to me. It's like, wow, this happened to me and look how much I've grown from it. So it's all about perspective. Mm-hmm. And when you began that healing and putting it into your music, mm-hmm. um, what really made this project different from your previous projects? I wasn't being petty. <laughs> That's really what it was. That's really what it was. I was not being petty, but I was being honest. Like, I am hurt and I need to figure out how to breathe and mm-hmm. If things are not necessarily working for me, I just have to ride solo until they do, you know, like Mm -hmm. as long as I have God and I have a community that he literally rebuilt for me, I'm good, you know? So yeah, it really was because I wasn't trying to get back at anybody or, you know, make a big statement or just be a fraud and like act like I'm really okay it was really okay I'm not okay (laughs) and it's okay to not be okay and to be honest about that and do my best to take things day by day while I'm moving forward Mm -hmm. 
Oh, yeah. And as you be as you begin to heal and as you begin to have these conversations with yourself, mm-hmm. um, do you allow your parents to hear uh, your songs before you put them out, or do you allow them to just listen to them when when everybody hears it for the first time? So before I used to let them wait until I posted everything. So like I think the only mm-hmm. song I let them listen to like from my previous work was the anthem, even though the anthem okay. like. There were some curses in there and stuff, but the message. Mm-hmm. Um, so I let them listen to that before I put it out. Everything okay. else they didn't listen to unless like it was out. So then they'd be like, oh, snap. Okay. Um, <laughs> with this project, I let them listen to Breathe. And I was showing okay. my mom the visual as it was getting edited. And I let them listen to Solo. And that's actually my dad's okay. favorite song because it's really my testimony. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's the one. So I haven't let them listen to the whole project yet. I don't know if they listened to it yet. I released <laughs> it on New Year's Eve, and then I released the visual for Breathe on New Year's Day. So I don't know if they listened to the full project yet. So mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> and and even with the first, the first, the the two songs that you like um, play for them, and they like, did they have questions for you as you was playing these songs, like? you know, were they intrigued by it or did they was just like, you know, okay, okay. Like, do you guys have those conversations about what you talk about or what you sing about in your music? Me and my mom more so have those conversations because I'll usually just post the um, the audio in our family WhatsApp group chat and I'll mm-hmm. ask them like what they think about it. And like, my dad is also a musician. So that's where I get my singing from. So he really just loved everything about solo. And my mom, when it came to breathe, like she, she's always so intrigued and so interested in trying to figure out like how I have so many different harmonies in the background and mm-hmm. how I have all these different ad libs and how, like how it all comes together. So she'll ask me those kind of questions, not necessarily about the lyricism, but more so okay. about the sound altogether. So I think it's pretty cool that she'll notice that and be like, how did you do that? And like, how did you mm-hmm. think about doing this? And I'm like, it's just, it's just in my head. <laughs> the beat comes <laughs> on and it, it just comes out. So it's cool to have yes. those conversations. And is there a community of people that you allow um, to listen to your music before it is like fully released? Like, do you have those like two or three people who you just like, I just need you to listen to this and I just need your feedback. Or do you kind of just keep everything in? I used to always keep everything in. And then with this project, I had friends who were creatives, friends Mm -hmm. who were not creatives and I knew would listen as a consumer. And then friends who were creatives, but also like in a spiritual aspect. So I have like three different groups of people. I let listen to it. Like those who are going to listen to it, like an audio engineer, those who will listen to Mm -hmm. it as a supporter because i don't like calling fans fans i just yeah like people that listen to my music support me so i like calling them supporters so i have literally creatives listen to it supporters and then even like sometimes my spiritual community because those people i worship with like they're gonna hear the intent like how i'm singing it like if they can feel my heart so maybe a couple of people and those are the people that I really trust that will be honest with me about like what they're hearing and how they're feeling about what they're hearing. And that's the biggest thing for me. Anything I put out, I want people to feel what I'm saying. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it's important. Music is supposed to 
make you question certain things. It's supposed to make you feel certain things. It's, you're supposed to be able to relate to it. And I always want my music to be that way, no matter what I'm singing about, whether it's love, heartbreak, God, real life experiences. I just want everybody to feel the words that I'm singing. Yeah. And as you allow everybody to listen to it, are you like the person that's like all up in their business? Like how you like, how you like it, how you like it. Or do you just like allow them just to listen, give you the feedback another time? Are you just, you know, I think it depends on the person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it depends. It depends on the person and how I know they're going to listen to it. And if I'm with them in that moment, I think a couple Got of people you. I let listen to it in the moment, like I was feeling it. So I was singing along with it and just like mm-hmm. letting them feel how they felt. But before I used to be really antsy with this project, I was just like, y'all already know what I was going through. So what y'all think <laughs> yeah this project was definitely like a, a different life flow for you and just an entire being and I really love that for you because you know as you have grown as an artist and first of all just as a person you have grown as an artist and you know just your intentions and putting out music you know just trying to just be in that better that healthier you know that mindset Thank you. Yeah, you. I'm like I said, you, you, you've seen it all. <laughs> so yeah. I've always appreciated your feedback and your honesty with me because it's a very scary thing to put yourself out there with your gift, especially in the time yeah. we're in where everything is so accessible. Like you can literally yeah. Google somebody and you have all their social medias and like you know everything about them. And then here comes their music. Oh, you went through a breakup. Oh, you were going through this. Oh, you, you be singing gospel? Did people actually do that for you? Like after, after they heard it, did like someone just like pop up and be like, I don't know, I didn't know you broke up. I didn't know you felt like this. No, not yet. (laughs) Not yet. But I think, I think people already like started noticing. Gotcha. I wasn't saying anything. I was just like, "Hmm." once people notice, they'll notice. It is what it is. It's it's still all love though. You know what I mean? But I was just like, dang, I'm putting this project out and I'm talking about my perspective on that relationship and how the breakup affected me. Now people mm-hmm. are really going to know. <laughs> it's not questioning anymore. Are y'all, are y'all not? It's out there. Yeah. Like, no. So. And did you have conversation with your ex before putting the project out? Yeah, I let him listen to it. I think that helped me be more confident in putting it out because once again, like, you know, there's a voicemail in there. And I don't mm-hmm. ever want beef with anybody. I always want to make sure everything is cool before I put right. out audio, especially if they're on it. So, you know, I let him listen to the whole project. I showed him the video and it was cool. Like it just, it, it solidified just everything. And it was even cool to know that, you know, we could still share that music yeah. together in that time and that it was no beef. So yeah, I showed him. Mm-hmm. That's the first person I showed too. Usually I'll be like, you got a voice in your yeah. hand. Good no, luck. Let me tell you when, I saw, when I heard that voice, I was like, hold on, wait a minute. I was like, great. I was like, great. does he know about this? He was like, yes, he knows. I was like, hold on, wait. But like, does he know? Because like, mm-hmm. you know, when you first listen to, listening to, you know, someone's project, you be trying to like, pay attention. And I was like really in it. Mm-hmm. And I thought, hold up, this voice sound like, mm-hmm. voice. And I was just like, hold up. Mm-hmm. And that brought me back to when I saw like the tweet was just like, "Don't ever leave a voicemail." 
for like a, a musician, like don't ever do it because they it will end up in a song or so interlude. Interlude. I, <laughs> I was like, when I saw that, that Gertie, Gertie, yeah, no. but he assured me that you know they had heard about it, so it wasn't something that was gonna be you know new to the public eye. No. But you know that first go around, I was like, oh, I'm feeling this. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm feeling these songs. Hold on, wait a minute. Um, so <laughs> let us know where we can um hear your music. So I have this specific project is exclusively streaming on audio Mac. So um, Juju will have all of my handles. So I'll have my link tree and all of my information. I have the video for the lead single breathe on YouTube. I also have the rest of my music streaming on all other platforms. So Spotify, Apple music. Um, I even think something is on title to be honest, SoundCloud, Mm -hmm. Um, but Juju again will have my links. Uh, you can follow me everywhere. Yeah. Damn pretty hot. But this specific project is exclusively on Audio Mac until further notice. So very excited. Visions of healing. We're healing all yeah. of 2022. Active healing. So I'm grateful for everything. And if you could work with anybody, like anybody, who would you want to work with? Oh God! If I had to choose one person, give me, give me like okay, so my number is six. Well, you know. Okay. You can, you can be like five. You can be like <laughs> okay. five. Okay. So definitely Lauren Hill. Okay. Um, I would love to work with Janae Aiko. Okay. Um, I would love to work with India Ari. Ooh, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. I would love to work with Erica Badu. And my last one, who do I really <laughs> listen to? I would love to work with Thames. I love okay. what Thames is doing right now. Like, I really love what Thames is doing. I love the authenticity. Oh, that's not a word. <laughs> I love how authentic her voice is. <laughs> yes. I love how authentic her voice is. Crazy things are happening. Right, right. To be. Right. And I just love the direction that Afrobeats is going into and what the artists are doing. Like, it's a crazy beat you could dance to, but they're really mm-hmm. spilling and talking about their their situations, their life. Like it's real life going on in these songs. Yeah. And I just, I can't wait to tap into that and tap into my cultural aspect in music. So, yeah. And I was inspiring. really just about to ask you that question. Like, would you ever do like an Afro, like beats genre, you know, yeah. EP or project? Yeah, I feel like my next project is definitely going to be heavily influenced on my Kenyan culture and just my African culture in general. Because again, like I said, before I went to Kenya, I was having identity crisis because I felt like, okay, I wasn't Black enough because I knew where I came from, but I wasn't Kenyan Mm -hmm. enough because I don't speak my native tongue, but I understand it. So going back to Kenya and like, people don't really know what you know or how you speak. They see you and they know that you're who you yeah. are and that was just so validating and refreshing so now that I'm more confident in who I am I definitely yeah. will have an error like that so and I, I think wait. that would be great I can't yeah. wait when you do it because like and I I asked that question because you know you know me you know first gen here we mm-hmm. are mm-hmm. you know we all about you know why I'm very comes. proud very we proud you know, no one can tell us anything anything um, Harry. 
it's like, you know, as you continue to move into, you know, music and just, mm-hmm. you know, going, trying to go back to school, mm-hmm. you know, as a young girl, is there something you would have told yourself to remind, to remind yourself that you're going to make it? I would definitely have told myself to trust my gut and don't mm-hmm. listen to what anyone else around me is saying and to keep a lot of things to myself because there was a point where I wasn't around good company and Mm -hmm. I did not also know that you know not all company or not all attention is good attention right Right. I I used to be so loud and so boisterous and like although that was cool I didn't always have to be that way and just going through life in general like Mm -hmm. I'm definitely more reserved now and that side of me is for people who are my people right right um so I would tell her to just not give up either because I feel like, okay. you know, going through the situations I went through, I wasn't as consistent with my content. I remember, I wasn't posting anything. I was just reposting yeah. stuff and stories and stuff. And I was just so down and out. And like, you were one of the people you were like, you know, just do what you can. Like, I understand yeah. taking a break, but like, don't go away too, too long because you have a really good gift. And yeah just to be kinder to myself yeah you know when you are a perfectionist it's hard to be kind to yourself (laughs) and celebrate the small ones and we know and we know that we need to be kinder and just like well i gotta keep going i gotta keep going i can keep going it's just like surely just like be kind you know love yourself you know you can rest and you know early on you say you know how you know the pandemic like made you rest and made really all of us rest Mm -hmm. and it's like you know we we can still take that same mindset of rest you know Mm -hmm. into this year and into the new year so Mm -hmm. you know we're i think we're gonna have a great 2022 it's gonna be fantastic i believe you know receive it period so before we wrap up um if you could if you could give any piece of advice to anyone right now in college, mm-hmm. what um what piece of advice would you give to them? The piece of advice I'd give to anybody that's in college right now. Yes. Any dreams that you have, achieve them. I had so many people telling me that music wasn't gonna pay off, that I was wasting my time and I need to just focus on my education. We are in a time where people are getting paid to do what they love. So do not do yeah. something just because it's safe. Go with what is on your heart and God will make way. If you use utilize your gifts, God will make room. God will open doors that no man can open or even close. So right. that's the biggest advice I'd give. And to just keep going. It gets hard. My journey at college was not easy, nor was it a traditional one. I went to three schools <laughs> and had to start over at every time I went. New classes, yeah. new teachers, new environment, new everything. But accomplish what you have set on your heart and your goals and don't let anybody deteriorate you from your goals. Don't let any relationship, situationship get in the way of what you need to do for yourself. You know, like put yourself first. You have to be selfish. So, yeah, achieve your goals and give yourself grace while you're achieving them. Yeah. Don't compare yourself to anyone either. 
Yeah. I love I love how you said give yourself grace because we don't give ourselves a lot of grace. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? We we want to give other people grace, but when it's time for us to apply some of those same things that you're basically telling telling others, it's like, you know, you could do this for yourself too. You, you like, know, nah, so. it's fine. I should have been doing this anyways. <laughs> like, no, we have to give yourself grace. Exactly. So, and then to end this, in 2022, what are you looking to accomplish or what are some of your goals? Oh, gosh. So, as I look at my vision board, as we talk about this, um, one of my biggest goals is to be, what did I write? A respected music artist and be properly compensated for my gifts. Um. And I want to use my gifts to heal people. That's the biggest thing as I went on my tangent about being very intentional with what I say in my songs, how the song feels, just everything in general, but really getting placements. So like in TV shows and in movies and, you know, Mm -hmm. working on jingles, even commercials. So that's my biggest thing. And to land a job, like, you know, being a creative is not cheap. And if I can utilize a nine to five to continue funding mm-hmm. my goals until my goals start funding me, <laughs> then that'll also mm-hmm. be great, you know? Yeah. So those are my goals. I have some more, but not that they don't come to my head, but definitely continuing focusing on my spiritual and mental health as well. Got you. So those are Thanks. my top ones. <laughs> And, you know, I hope all your goals come true, everything that you have on your vision board. If you have never made a vision board before, definitely go on YouTube. Look at how to make a vision board. It's probably all over TikTok as well. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I think vision boards are really, you really got to believe when you put on your vision board, too. You really can't just, like, put anything. You got to believe, you know, what's on there, so... If you're out there and you're listening, you're just like, okay, I got to make my vision board. You know, it's never too late. You know, whenever you decide to make it, that's when you decide to make it. If it's not in January, it can definitely be in February, March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November. Whenever Mm -hmm. you decide to do it. Yeah. Just as long as you know that you're going to accomplish them this year. Like, what do you you need to accomplish for yourself in this year? And I tell people, like, it's already written. That's what it says in the Bible. It's already written, so you have to write it. You know what I mean? Like, Things come to pass when it's written down. So once you write it, it's already done. It's just a matter of you doing the work to make sure it gets done. Got you. (laughs) So, y'all, thank you so much for being here with us today. You know, every Monday we're going to come through what's someone new. Um, We're going to ask them some questions. And we're going to also post them on our Instagram and our Instagram stories. So you can follow them. You can link with them. You can reach out to them. Um, Gertie, she's a loving person. So I'm pretty sure if you like DM her, like, oh, I heard you on BBK's podcast. You know, she's Let's connect. (laughs) Exactly. That's how she is. But um, just know every Monday we're going to be back here with somebody new. I'm just honest, uh, you know, authentic conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and just to end this, welcome to this new adventure of BBK. Yay. And, you know, we just can't wait to tell a lot of more um, stories. So with that being said, you guys have a great rest of your day or your night. Bye. Yay. <laughs>